Uh, this morning we considered the love of God, and this evening I want us to consider our love as it applies to one another, and specifically in our passage of Scripture, the idea of walking in love. And we have uh, this morning, for some 35 minutes, considered biblical principles about the character, the nature, that attribute of God's love. And in the midst of, of American society, I mean, the, the what once was founded some 240 years ago as a Christian nation, uh, Christian, the uh, idea that, that we as Americans would walk in Christian love, we are seeing a, uh, a huge distortion of of that kind of, of thought in, in our culture, and it is disturbing uh, to many of us. It is in our passage, Ephesians chapter 4, where there is a contrast between biblical Christian love and carnal counterfeit love. And it's interesting, the context of this passage of Scripture, you understand Paul is penning inspired words as he has moved by the Spirit of God, and he is writing a letter to believers, to the redeemed, those that claim the name of Christ. He is writing a letter, and, and these believers receive this letter, and among many other exhortations in this six-chapter book, he gives them an explanation on love, and it's interesting how he explains counterfeit carnal love in, in chapter 5, verses 3 and following. And somebody says, well, Pastor Johnson, why would he, why would he include those kinds of, of characteristics about love to a group of believers? I mean, after all, you would think that they would be imitating the love of Christ, that they would be walking in love, the Christian love, that would be pleasing to their Heavenly Father. I'm telling you that that in Ephesus, the world's kind of love was, was freely displayed in their culture. And, and many of those that, that were a part of this assembly in Ephesus were imitating more of the world's love than they were imitating Christ's love. And so Paul lays it out very plainly, very clearly for them as to what it means to walk in love in a way that is pleasing to Christ. And what worldly, earthly, carnal love is, that, that kind of love that should not describe the Christian. And I think that's, that's, these are appropriate concepts for us in 2016 in America. Much like when Paul wrote to the church at Corinth. Corinth is, is famous for being a carnal church. More than the church at Corinth was reaching their community with the gospel message, the love of God, that community was reaching into that church, if you will, and influencing them to be like their culture. And many American Christians imitate, uh, when it comes to this thing of love, the position of the world instead of the precious nature of Christ and His love. The topic of love is center stage in America. Uh, in most of our music, secular music promotes love. Many uh, of the books that are published have to do with the topic of love. People like the Beatles some years ago made famous the song, Love is All You Need. 
the large majority of the lyrics in American music and in movies and, and much of these romance novels, uh, no matter the, the genre of music, often no matter the, the style of literature, they, they boil down to the topic of love. It's interesting as we think about America and our context, some time ago, ABC News did a poll, a study, and they found that, listen to this, 83% of Americans identified themselves as Christians. 83% of Americans. Now, I don't believe that, but that's what they've concluded. And if 83% of, of Americans are truly Christian, then they would understand, you would think, that the central message of the Word of God, the, the, the Bible, the Christian's guidebook for life, the central message is that of love. You would think that this nation, if 83% of Christians or Americans identify themselves as Christians, you would think that, that we would be imitating Christ's love for others. Instead, we have Supreme Court decisions like we did in June of 2015. The decision that uh, same-sex marriage would now be legal in all 50 states. And social media, when that took place, when that decision, those nine lawyers decided that when that was handed down social media went went crazy with the hashtag love wins love wins many christians were were startled were outraged they love the things that god loves and hate the things that god hates and so it was disturbing to many bible believers and rightly so love did not win in that decision even though that was the hashtag. When I think of the phrase love wins, I also think of the heretical book written by Rob Bell, where he distorts the love of God. Again, I'm just saying love, the concept of love is, is center stage. And here in Paul's day, as he pens inspired words to the church at Ephesus, he is, he is communicating to them, he is contrasting for them Biblical love, the love of God, the love of Christ that we as Christians are to imitate, and the love of this world that we are to stay away from. Look with me, if you would, at our passage, Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 32. The Bible says, be kind one to another. Your kindness ought to be rooted in you walking in love. Tender-hearted, forgiving one another. And listen to this even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Don't forget that little phrase. Chapter 5, verse number 1, the Bible here says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. The idea of chapter 5, verse number 1, of, of us being followers of God as dear children, is the idea that we will imitate God. We follow Him as dear children, my three little boys. I now have their attention. Uh, I, I love them dearly. And I am their father. And there are many things that I have seen them do in which they are imitating their father. And, and boys do that. We uh, look to uh, father figures in our lives. Pastor Mark Monte is my foster father. And there are many things about him that I have endeavored to imitate over the years. I mean, it's a natural thing for a son to look to his father and to imitate some of his attributes. And, and what, what Paul is writing here, what God is telling us here through these inspired words is that we are to be imitators of God. We are to imitate God, chapter 4, verse 32, in the area of forgiveness. Forgiving one another, even as God, 
for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Imitate God. Follow God. Look to Him. Follow Him as dear children. Remember in Peter, Peter's writings, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses I think 16 and 17 there, Peter quotes from Leviticus. And Peter instructs the reader to be ye holy as God is holy. We are to imitate God when it comes to forgiveness. We are to imitate God when it comes to being holy. And verse number 2 of chapter 5 here talks about imitating God when it comes to love. Verse number 2, And walk in love as Christ also hath loved us. We're to imitate the, the love of Christ. And hath given himself for us, as, uh, for us an offering and a, and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. This is a description for us of Christ-honoring love. We considered this morning the love of God. We considered this morning as Brother White, he's somewhere around here, uh, Brother White mentioned uh, Matthew chapter 27. We considered the suffering of the Lord Jesus Christ. We considered uh, the, the sacrifice of God sending, listen, His only begotten Son to be the propitiation for our sins. This is a, an explanation of, of Christian love, of sacrificial love, of Christ-like love that we are to imitate. So there's much about the character of God that we are to imitate. It is the idea of being Christ-like. And that's the root of the concept of sanctification, is the pursuit of being like Christ. How are we doing in these areas? Instead of imitating our God in the area of forgiveness or in the area of holiness or in the area of love, it seems that many Christians, and even in Paul's day as he writes to the church at Ephesus, are, are more identified with the world than we are with our God when it comes to that which we imitate. So in this passage, Christian love, walking in love, is summarized for us. It is Explained in more detail in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. But in some detail, verses 3 and following give for us the counterfeit love. The love of this world. The love that should, should be that which a Christian says no to. I'm not interested in. The, the type of love or really that boils down to lust that the, the Christian takes the way of escape from. The Bible tells us in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Those are powerful words for us to contemplate. Verse number 3, this counterfeit love unfolds. This ungodly carnal love unfolds. That which we should not imitate is explained to us. It says in verse 3 of Ephesians 5, But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness let it listen to this not be once named among you as becometh saints apparently there's a problem with that in the church at Ephesus Paul is saying it shouldn't even be named one time and fornication should not describe the character of the redeemed uncleanness should not describe the character of one who has been purchased by the blood of Christ this covetousness it should not describe the character of God's people it's interesting, as, as occurs so often in Scripture, 
greed or covetousness specifically here often goes hand in hand with things like fornication and, and sexual uncleanness. People that live a life full of, of, of sexual promiscuity are often very greedy people. They, are, they, they want and they desire whether it is money or physical relationship. And, and what, is, what is extremely sad in my opinion is how children are growing up in an American culture that has, has regressed when it comes to the showcasing of immorality. And what's even more startling than that is that many American Christian parents are, are okay with their children sitting in front of a television set that promotes these kinds of things. I mean, where do you begin? You uh, could start with President Bill Clinton, you know, who famously committed adultery on, on more than one occasion, one extremely famous and, 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 and today, he is heralded as some kind of sexual revolutionary. I mean, many people look at him and find his personality engaging, and he is paid in America and different parts of the world millions of dollars to speak for one hour. Uh, you look at people like David Letterman, who for, for nine minutes on a late show episode explained that he had been cheating on his wife with people that he works with there on his set. And you know what that crowd did? They laughed. They thought it was funny. Uh, we're watching the, the, the regression, the, the, the downward spiral of, of the morals of our nation. Did you know that when I Love Lucy uh, was, was, was started, that Desi Arnaz and Lucille Ball who were actually married in real life, could not be seen in the same bed on television. Did you know that there was a point in America's television and entertainment when bra commercials were illegal? And today we're way past that. Uh, it's on our television set, and, and it's right there in front of us. It's it, it, immorality and immodesty and these things that pro, provo, promote the lust of the flesh within us. I mean, it, it is right in front of us. Not this February, but previous to that, the Valentine's Day movie that was released is Fifty Shades of Grey. And it made hundreds of millions of dollars. I think, if I'm remembering correctly, $500 million. And it was pornography. It was wickedness and vile, uh, filthy type things. And Christian leaders in America with, with prominent positions, I mean, again, Christian leaders, supposed, one in particular, a football star, said that he got, because he's a football star, to, to go to the viewing of that before it was released in the theater, before it made $500 million, and he got to see it. And he is known for his Christian character. And he said it was great and wonderful, and he tweeted to his millions of followers. I'm saying as Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus, he's dealing with the people that are claiming the name of Christ, and yet some of them, it seems... Their character has, has this identification of fornication or uncleanness or covetousness, filthiness, foolish talking, jesting. There, there, many of these things are, are explained. The, even the word whoremonger is listed. Unclean person it talks about. Covetous men, idolaters. The word idolatry, you understand, is the idea of worshiping something other than the God that is worthy of our worship. 
In this passage, we see a contrast between Christian love, biblical love, self-sacrificing love, that which we are to walk in, and the carnal, counterfeit type of love that leaves people hurting, leaves people used, frustrated. It's sad. And again, what is even more startling is that the justification for these kinds of, of habits in the name of love is creeping into our churches. Instead of a, a, a Holy Spirit-driven disdain for, for sinful things, we find ourselves uh, sometimes making that our entertainment and laughing at the wickedness of this world. People find themselves reading these kinds of things or, or indulging in the lusts of their flesh. This is not becoming of a Christian. We are called to walk in love, and that is a love that is a giving love. It is a Christ-like love. It is a sacrificial love, and it is the love that pleases God. And the other that's described in verses 3 and following is that which displeases God. So why would you, why would we pay money to see stuff like that promotes that trash? Why would we dress? Why would young ladies dress in a way that is befitting of Proverbs chapter 6 and 7 where the Bible delineates the attire of a harlot? Why wouldn't we imitate that which pleases God? For He's loved us so much that He sent Jesus to die on the cross for us. Why wouldn't we, after we understand sanctification and, and, and justification, glorification, why, why wouldn't we, after we read Romans chapter 1 through 12, why wouldn't we, when we get into chapter 12, present our body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God? It's our reasonable service. Oh, that we would latch on to these biblical truths in a way that, that changes what we listen to with our music or what we... We watch with our eyes for entertainment that, that changes even the way we raise our children or the way we conduct ourselves within the local church. That we would say these things that are associated with fornication and uncleanness, I don't want that to be even once named among me or my family. That we would pursue holiness, that we would walk in the love of God. These things are for our consideration this evening. Would you bow with me, please, for prayer?